are not almost there. Hey guys, welcome to the Massive Iron Podcast. The Massive Iron Podcast. I almost forgot to hit record. I almost, uh, almost, we almost went and did a full podcast without hitting record. That would have been a bad day, Rich. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I would have been. I'm joined by uh, a longtime friend, uh, Rich Knapp, and I don't want to just frame him as a a friend. Um, Rich is one of the few people that I've ever had as a training semi-partner in my life. I think I've worked out with you more than probably anybody else on planet Earth. And uh, Rich was also the first natural wheelchair pro bodybuilder. Is that correct, Rich? Yes, I was. Yes. So um, that's a pretty big honor. And, you know, my, my brain uh, remembers you winning winning that, but what year was that? Oh, darn it. You can't even remember. No, oh, it's been so long ago. See, I retired in my last show was in 2013. It must have been like... Uh, Today is Wednesday, January 25th. Sorry, Alexa just... Uh, Alexa thought you were talking to her, Rich. Oh, <laughs> it was either... 2020, uh, 2011 or 2012. Um, I'd have to look again. I maybe it was 2012 when uh, we had the uh, IMBF Nationals. We had uh, was it like seven people on stage, and I pulled off a win, winning my pro card. So I was, I became you know the first WNBF wheelchair pro in history. Um, and then my, we, I did a pro show. Yeah, it must have been 2011. Cause then in 2012, Ethan Schneider won his pro card. Uh, so he, that made him number two. And, uh, we did a little bit of a show type thing in 2013 and I won that. And so I the, thing I, <laughs> the thing I remember about that show, um, you know, wasn't that you just won a pro card, but, that you were the most ripped competitor on stage. I mean, you were, you look dry, you look shredded. And, you know, the wheelchair part aside of things, you know, putting you up against anybody on stage, you crushed everybody. Well, you know, Steve, I was really, this, this was what wheelchair was my second round. I started out as able body back and i did my first show in 99 so i was i was using my i could use my legs back then and uh i was known a lot of a lot of people considered me pro before i even won my pro card because how anal i was on uh hitting my macros and i never took less or once i took less than third place in my class otherwise i never took lower than third place in my class I even remember one show, I kid you not, I don't know if the competitor remembers or not, but I did one show and uh, I was signing up. I walked away from the sign-up table and there was a dude that was normally in my weight class and he turned around and walked away. He said it didn't even pay for him to enter because I was already, because I was entered. He said, you know, and I don't know if he remembers. I don't remember who he was. It was, you know, just you know, some random guy. I don't know right. if he was starting out. But, yeah, 
I used to get really ripped. Um, I had one show that I'm kind of embarrassed on because my spine was even showing I was that ripped because right. I, couldn't, I couldn't do deadlifts to build my low back. So my spine was showing and uh, I kind of felt bad that I got that ripped on that show. <laughs> I mean, that was ripped. So let's backtrack a little bit uh, because uh, obviously, um, you know, back in the day when I was interviewing you and going to your shows and we were training together, that was back when I was with Muscle and Strength. And not a lot of people remember those days. Um, what is your condition, Rich? Explain your condition and uh, what it was like back then. Um, well, I'm pretty much stable in a way. Um, I got into bodybuilding by a freak. Um, I have MS, and when I was diagnosed with MS, I found out that uh, when I was doing my research, because I wanted to do all natural for fighting it, I found out that exercising was good for MS. So I and you know a, basically a bodybuilder diet, or what's considered a bodybuilder diet, you know, high protein, you know, moderate carbs, moderate fat, you know, that stuff. Well, I started eating a, a bodybuilder diet. And uh, I started exercising, and uh, after a while, people at my work said, hey, you know, you should try competing. I'm like, no, 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 no. And like, man, you, then they kept insisting, you're getting so big, you should try competing. So then I ended up competing, you know, finding out there was the INBF, which was drug tested. <laughs> and uh, they did polygraph and, uh, you know, uh, urine test because I wanted to compete natural because I was natural. Well, anyways, I, so I got into it and I won my first show and fell in love with it. Um, but body-wise, I'm all, I'm all messed up, Steve. <laughs> I don't know if you remember everything I got wrong, but my left arm has been through a paper rewinder, so I have nerve, nerve damage from the tip of my fingertips all the way up to my shoulder. My right arm, I have a bone cyst the size of a grape right underneath my bicep. I have bone degeneration in my right hip. I have bone degeneration in uh, my low back, right at uh, by the uh, pelvic area. Um, oh, crab eggs. What else? That's all I can remember right now. <laughs> well, but, you know what I remember is um, sitting in your house and watching you kind of elbow your way across the counter, you know, from one end to the other. I remember you having this little computer where you would track your macros. I think you were using software, weren't you, to track yes, everything? Um, it's an old software, and I gave it to a guy that him and I were going to open a gym up here, and uh, I never got it back. It was ProTrack. I loved that thing. I ran that all the way through my home competition. It tracked your nutrition. It tra you could track your workouts, everything. It was awesome. And unfortunately, they don't make it anymore. I can't replace it. So now, and he never gave it back to me. And now I have no idea where he is. So I lost it. Now I so use back, another program that's similar. You know, nowadays, Rich, um, you know, it's funny because back when we were training, the idea of doing like full body workouts was kind of foreign. You know, not a lot of guys were doing full body workouts. They're not as many, right? Yeah, um, not as many. And I think it was it was much more common, you know, for guys to do like body part splits, 
Uh, it was just kind of the norm. Yeah. And uh, nowadays yeah. it's kind of backwards. When you started, what type of split were you doing uh, when you first started training? Do you remember? When I very first started training, when I very, very, very first started, I trained half the day. I I mean, I'm serious, Steve. I, I killed it for half a day. Half the day I trained. I did full body workout every day, half a day for like the first year. And uh, then I learned more on, and but it was because of, it was for the MS. Right. Um, then when I started doing splits, I like to do uh, um, like a large body part, small body part split. Um, like I'll do chest on Monday, Tuesday. I used to, I used to separate biceps and triceps. I mean, I had everything broke down. Um, legs, core. Um, I never did anything, you know, multiple days. Now I, I kind of evolved it into then I went chest, arms, um, back. Then I do uh, my traps and my delts and my core. And then finally on Friday, I do legs. And I've you know, kind of stuck with that through the years. I mean, it's been very good to me. And by my logs, that's what my body reacts to the best. Now, when uh, when I would watch you train, um, you know, there was obviously a, you know, you when you watch Rich Knapp train, you saw somebody that trained hard. And, you know, nowadays, Rich, um, there's a big YouTuber, Greg Doucette. I'm not sure if you're even familiar with him or ever came across him because I, I don't think you're a big YouTube guy. But, um, yeah. you know, he talks about train harder than last time. And when I talk about training hard, I think we kind of grew up in an era, Rich, where all of our idols just were training super hard. And I think nowadays the kids are so inundated with like science stuff and over information that they almost rely on the information, uh, you know, more. Um, and uh, I'm not saying our generation was better, but we had such little information. All we really had to, had to go on was watching our idols train and they all trained pretty hard. Well, Steve, like we grew up in an era where guys our age, we used to make money doing things like throwing hay during, you know, when it was bailing time, um, you know, helping out, you know, mowing yards, shoveling snow, but more like that farm life, you know, is where we grew up and we knew what hard work was where, and I'm not putting down this younger generation. Okay. Um, the only difference is majority of the younger generation don't have the hard work to compare working out in a gym with, right. you know, the hard work in a gym. Because even farming is a lot easier than what it was when we were kids. You know, I mean, if we had to pick something up to hook it on the tractor and it weighed 50 pounds, we picked it up with one arm and hooked it to the tractor. You know, there wasn't none of this, you know, hanging on with two arms and, you know, proper lifting and everything else, you know, to put it on the trailer. I mean, crepe seeds, I still remember the days, Steve, in high school to make $1.75 an hour. I worked for a guy where I had to pull, yes, you heard me right, pull the manure spreader through the barn 
because he did not want the tractor in the barn because the sparks was starting it on fire. So I had to shovel the cow shit onto that spreader as I pulled it through the barn. And that's why people like you and I, we have, we know what hard work is. So we know, okay, did I do the most in this set? Did I truly give it my all? You know, we have that to fall back on. And yeah. I think, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, when you got into lifting, um, you know, who were your idols? Were you looking at bodybuilding magazines? Uh, you know, like I got in yeah. in the uh, 86 and it was Arnold and Menser and uh, um, Tom Platts, all those guys that were just training crazy hard. When What, uh, what yeah. era did you get into it? For me, it was, yeah, it was the Arnold era. Um, being a farm kid, I really never had time for TV. We never had cable. I never bought magazines. So I just seen Arnold through antenna TV. And uh, so he's pretty much the only one I really had any cross, you know, information from. And uh, so he was kind of my idol. And I even bought his... Uh, encyclopedia i have a hard copy of you know the arnold's encyclopedia and that's kind of like my bible i mean i kid you not you know i still fall back on that when i because of my memory being bad i'll fall back on that to remember what an exercise is or something like that or if i'm talking with a guy but yeah arnold um was my biggest idol and then uh um uh his training partner uh the doctor um, him, he was my one as far as for what I fell back for nutrition knowledge. Cause I had his book on knowledge. Franco. Uh, what? Franco. 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 Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, Lou, because, of uh, the incredible Hulk, but yeah, those are my guys that, you know, were my idols back then was those, those are pretty much the three, um, flex wheeler, which I had the honor of you know, no one personally through internet. Um, he was my idol as far as for back. I always wanted a back like, uh, um, like, uh, like flex. Um, I know his real name, but everybody knows him by flex. Well, you know, I don't want to sound like we're a couple of uh, older guys sitting around, you know, talking like our generation was better. I think, you know, <laughs> I think, um, you know, like the only way our generation was better is we didn't have all the information. We had to figure it out ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a kid nowadays with all the information because I don't know that I'd be able to handle it, you know. Well, you know what? Kind of is a hard one for like, well, even like my son, a hard one for, for some of them younger guys to grasp is they're book smart. But excuse my language, but who the fuck wrote a lot of these books? People our age, <laughs> you know? Well, I, I got to tell some stories if you don't mind. Um, hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, I think the first time I ever trained from you, we went to Gold's or trained with you. We went to Gold's gym. Yep, Maybe. Yep, yep. I can't remember if we trained in your apartment first but i think it was, gold's, no, it was gym. gold's gym it was gold's gym and i remember you doing a single arm 
pull-up, a, a set of single-arm pull-ups with your wife hanging off your back. Yep, yep. I remember that. So that's not bullshit, right? That sounds well, like have, that sounds I, like I internet also, fairy I even, tales. I even did it. I even did them at uh, when I won my pro card over at uh, Beyond Fitness. Beyond Fitness, the gym that uh, Rich owned. Yeah, yeah, it's Beyond Beyond Fitness. I don't know what. His gym. I did uh, for pictures and stuff to, before that uh, competition. I did pull ups with her on my back too. Just to show him I could do him, and I totally freaked him out. <laughs> well, Rich, I mean, uh, Laurel, Laurel or whatever it is, yeah. There aren't many things that I've like. You know, I've seen a lot of things in person. You know, I've had the, I've been fortunate enough to train with Ronnie Coleman. I've been fortunate enough to train with at the gym with the strongest man, then the strongest man in the world, Donnie Thompson. But nothing compares to seeing you doing a single arm pull-up with your wheelchair hanging off your ass and your wife on your back. <laughs> that's, some circus, that was, yeah, that's some circus act shit, Rich, right there. Yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty wild. I admit that. We had some good so, times back then. You know, we, we, I got you in a lot of trouble. I remember uh, you training – in my dungeon, Jim, you were you and uh, Gasp were some of the only people I'd ever trained down there, and I, I think we had it. that two hundred pound dumbbell going, and you were knocking that out for reps. And uh, yeah. I was afraid you were going to tear a bicep because <laughs> I've never seen anybody <laughs> else uh, stupid enough to try those things other than me. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was that was, that was a wild day. You want to know what I remember on that day? And don't take this the wrong way. You made some awesome progress. I'm actually proud of you, boy. Um, I say boy because you're younger than me. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I remember, I think, it, yeah, it was Gasper, I think, that was there that day. Yeah. And uh, we had walked outside. I rolled outside, but, um, or I was outside with you guys. And I remember you had that little car that was broke down. Yeah, that, and, that uh, Suzuki Swift, yeah. And you were joking about how you couldn't even fit in it anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, Steve. You made some awesome improvements. I am so proud of you. Thanks. I never, uh, I never tried to do that. It just kind of happened. I mean, yeah, I got pulled into the powerlifting world where I wasn't doing a lot of volume, and um, when I, I just cleaned up my diet and started doing more volume and. Things yeah. just changed, you know, without yeah. really even trying. Oh, I didn't realize everything that was going on with you at the time, too. But, but right. anyways, that's your most let's, let's get back on subject here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about the art of getting shredded because, like, um, you know, we uh we need to we need to talk about what it took for you to get into competition shape. So when you were uh, in off season, did you do any bulking? Did you do any control bulking, or was it just kind of eating normally? Be honest with you, off season. I, well, actually, there is no off season for a, uh, a competitive bodybuilder. It's kind of like competitive uh, powerlifting. You know, you really don't have an off season. But yes, I did do one year. I did uh, a bulk where I just said to heck with it. Um, I just got. Uh, I'd say maybe I didn't I didn't track my diet. Okay. I'm gonna be honest, I did not track my diet. I just ate whatever I wanted to eat, 
as long as I had my post-workout protein in and I had some type of proteins between meals, because everything has protein in it. You know, it just depends on how much you're going to get. Right. And uh, I didn't worry about it. I ended up getting up to 185. And uh, that's considering my legs were so atrophied. I weighed my legs at one time and my legs were like less than 10 pounds a piece. My, I think my legs were like five pounds. They were so atrophied. Um, and but my, it was, I was all upper body and I was like 185. Yeah, for those um, that, because this is audio only, um, you know, Rich, uh, Rich wasn't, Rich couldn't train legs, you know, so Rich, because uh, of your condition, you know, 185 right. might sound small, but that's all upper body. Uh, um, yeah, I, I had, I was in a wheelchair for 10 years and my legs were so atrophied around the time that we met and stuff. My legs were so atrophied. Um, I had no use of them when I, if I could stand or gimp somewhere, I mean, it wasn't, it was only for like maybe five, five feet or so. Um, I had, I had use of them, but they were so undependable and so atrophied that you might as well say I didn't have them. But. So let's, um, let's talk about um, how you ate, you know, heading into a show. I mentioned you had the pro track uh, yeah. and you track everything. I remember, um, and I, this has always stuck with me because, you know, over the years, you see a lot of people doing, a, you know, a lot of different things and making all kinds of crazy claims and wanting to know how to get ripped. And whenever I reference, you know, how to get ripped, I think of you. And, you know, oh. you were like tracking everything. You were down yeah. to the calorie. Well, I, first of all, uh, we got to touch on one thing. Like, I was used to tracking everything because I have an MS and tracking and stuff. Um, so I knew what my body handled. This won't necessarily work for anybody else, but I knew what my body handled. And yeah, I was a gallon a day of water and, uh, I would eat, let's see, 1.5 grams of protein per lean body mass. That's the biggest key is you need to set up your nutrition for your lean body mass instead of your total body mass. Because you're not trying to support your whole body weight. If you have 10 pounds of fat, you don't want to support that. So you eat according to what your lean body mass is. And I always set up 1.5 grams of protein per lean body mass. And uh, I kind of calculated out what I would need to keep the body going. Um, and then I would eat 50% protein. 25% or see no 30% carbs 20% fat and I would have my whole day as amount of food and I would divide it by six and I'd eat six days you know six meals a day every you know like two hours and then I won't eat anymore but that six meals also counted my uh, post-workout and I stayed on that for, through my whole diet. I remember one one year, I was so, because of my body, I was eating chicken and green beans six meals a day. <laughs> chicken and green or, beans. That's, that's hardcore. Chicken breast, chicken breast and, uh, let's say, a cup of green beans for six meals a day, every meal. That's all I ate. 
for 12 weeks. I tell you, I think that was that. I think that was the show that you came to. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Were I you at that show when I binged afterwards and I had that whole table full of food? Yes, I was there. Okay, yeah. that show, a cup of green beans and a, a chicken breast for 12 weeks. But I binged like a similar gun after the show. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can remember the room right now, Rich. I can remember the restaurant room we were in. And I can remember you. Uh, I can remember you eating. I wouldn't oh, want to bend the toilet bowl the next day. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> that was nuts. <laughs> I got a picture of that yet. Somewhere. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you have it, I got a picture, of that. I got a picture so, of that table somewhere. Did you have a coach back then, or did you just kind of make it up yourself? My coach was me. I only, I only had to answer to myself. Um, my goal was I never competed about against anybody. I competed against myself. Every show I had to come in better than the last show I did. And I would not walk on stage or roll on stage if I was not what I felt was a hundred percent. Never. And I competed, uh, I think able body, like 12 competitions all to, all together i did like 15 competitions or 18 and i only took fifth place in one in in class and that's because i did back to back weekends and i screwed up my uh i tried a sodium purge and i screwed up and i took fifth place that second week otherwise i was third place or above I, I end up throwing out all my trophies because I had so many. Well, um, did you uh, – I assume you always knew about what your target weight was going to be when you were cutting, you know, where you wanted yes. to be. And, and then yes. you would just uh, do adjustments based on the mirror and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I would uh, – I'd weigh myself the first thing in the morning because that's the only time you get your accurate weight. Is the first time you get up out of bed, you take a pee, you take a poop, and you weigh yourself. Because you can gain two pounds a day just from drinking water. So you're not going to have an accurate reading. So, yeah, I would uh, I would go for my – I knew what I was shooting for the morning before – the morning that I was going to walk on stage, I knew the weight I was shooting for. Do you follow bodybuilding, like competitive bodybuilding, or any online bodybuilding groups or forums anymore? Or are you kind of detached from that world? To be honest, I okay. Uh, to start with, I never really did because I didn't want to get my mind polluted where it would go beyond fighting my MS. Um, so I never really got into the hardcore following bodybuilding. Um. Then, when I retired the f second time, it hurt me so bad, I had to walk away from everything. I sold all my equipment, the whole works, that, that full cage that we had, that I had, right. that we were used to work out on. I sold that. I sold all my weights. I sold everything because I had to walk away. I had, it hurt me so hard. And it took, God, I don't know how many years. And I still don't really follow it. 
Um, I have certain people that, you know, like I might follow along, watch how they're doing, you know, things like that, but I don't go out of my way to watch it or anything. No, no, I, I, I don't follow it. I used to have to cover the Mr. Olympia, you know, for t- when I was at Tiger Fitness and, and Muscle and Strength, I used to have to stay up and, you know, write an article on who won and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it's, I follow a strong man more than I do bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier. At least you can watch it on TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got into watching, uh, uh, what's that league again? Um, there's a strong man league that I followed. Dang it. Where the, the winner of the last, the winner of the show gets to wear a yellow t-shirt through each show or to the next one and stuff like that. I can't remember the name of it. No. You know, when I look at when I look at the modern bodybuilders, I don't want to sound uh, disrespectful, but you know it uh, it's it's so detached from it feels so detached from what I liked about bodybuilding. Yeah, you know, I, like, I I give them credit because it takes hard work to get where they get, but I actually like the classic physique better. It felt like attain. It felt like you could attain the classic physique, yeah. And the classic physique felt powerful to me. You well, know, I think that's what made bodybuilding actually grow for such a long time. You know, and get as big as it was. Is the average Joe on the beach could obtain it with hard work. You look at the real classic guys like Steve Reeves and. Um, you know, John Grimick and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, there's always discussions whether they had periods where they used small amounts of steroids and, and things like that. But these guys, you know, they attained that through hard work and long workouts. I think back in Steve, the days, they, they used to start it out. I think, I think Steve only had like a, a pair of 45 pound dumbbells when he started out. Everything was dumbbell work in his apartment or house or whatever yeah and you'd read these accounts of um i don't know steve reeves in specific but a lot of these guys would work out two three three and a half hours a day taking breaks in the middle drinking milk you know it was like they would put in their work you know right Uh, but nowadays if you have a physique like them someone's going to call you out on using steroids Steve Reeves, 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 how do you pronounce it? Um, he's the one that I actually got his, uh, the same thing as a Gatorade um, mix, where it was uh, uh, a cup of lemon juice, then a liter bottle, in a liter bottle, you put a cup of lemon juice and a tablespoon of honey, and then the rest water, and you mixed it up. You would have to mix it a few times, but that was his Gatorade for electrolytes and stuff. And I started doing that way back when I first started bodybuilding. I used to drink that during my workouts. Now, I remember, uh, didn't you used to have a candy that you would eat? Was that intra-workout or post-workout? Some kind of a a little sugary, wafery thing. I forgot what the hell that was. Bottle caps. A bottle caps. Yep, either I would do uh, pixie sticks for post, and I would weigh them all, like uh, take one pixie stick, um, but uh, 
Bottle caps are my favorite because they're one gram of dextrose per bottle cap. So when I'm working out, I'll sip water and like I'll eat one bottle cap in between the sets. Right. It's one gram of pure dextrose. You know, and it's like, why buy, why pay to buy dextrose? Like I'll grind up bottle caps for pre-workout. I'll grind up bottle caps and then I'll mix that per gram because I, I still weigh my stuff. Um, I'll weigh out five grams of uh, um, bottle cap dust for uh, pre-workout or I'll take it post-workout. Sometimes I'll take it post-workout. But yeah, bottle caps, that's my favorite with water. <laughs> I don't even, you know, I haven't looked for those in the store forever. Um, and they're cheap, dude. Walmart, yeah, they're cheap. I bet they're, I bet they're like 10 times cheaper than buying uh, these yeah. dextrose yeah. powders. A dollar, a, a dollar a box, and the box lasts me about two weeks. I bet. Um, you know what I used to? I was a fat ass, Rich. You know what I used to have post workout? I used to drink thirty two ounces of chocolate milk and one of those little cherry pie things. Remember the the cherry pie pastry things? Like you'd have the apple and the the cherry oh, for pie. And, yeah, I would. I would drive home from the gym and I would have 32 ounces of chocolate milk, which is like 800 calories, and then a whole cherry pie. So I, my fat ass was having like, I don't know, 1,200 calories post-workout. When I when I first started and uh, I actually decided I wanted to work out, work out hard, and uh, I was already competing. All right, this is just audio, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Post-workout, I would eat uh, two rice cakes, two full apples, and uh, a packet of Quaker oatmeal. That was my post-workout. Now, I've been watching you lately, man. You're uh, you're like the king of the grill. What's – what? Uh... Are you grilling out every day? That's kind of, I mean, I know you said, um, you know, being trapped in, in the apartment all day long is kind of a struggle for you. Is that kind of your escape right now, getting out and uh, being able to get out in the freezing Wisconsin weather? Yeah, that's kind of like my, uh, that's kind of like my hobby. My working out, that's my therapy. Grilling. I don't do RC helicopters anymore. I can't do cars anymore. So grilling, that's like my hobby. I shoot for, uh, my goal is 15 days a month here in Wisconsin, no matter what the temperature and weather, or 20 meals. You know, because breakfast, lunch, and supper, that's three meals in one day. Right. Yeah. So I'll shoot for uh, um, 15. 15 days or 20 meals. So I grill a lot of chicken. <laughs> what are you doing right now for your workouts? How are you training? I mean, you know, because you're not training for any uh, big, you know, madness, um, you kind of just do what you feel like on any given day, or do you keep a, a structure? I still log everything. I still train hard. Um. You know, I still I still have goals. Um, 
I don't I don't feel the pressure of having having to work out if uh, we're working on the house and I don't get a chance to train I'm not as worried about it right uh, but uh, yeah I still I still train hard um, if anybody came over here they would swear I'm training for competition because I don't know I don't know any different on how to train it's train hard or go home right well, I'm kind of the same way in the sense that, like, you know, I've been doing this, you know, I do this for a living. So people often ask me how I train now and how I train now. I train hard, but I train, you know, it's far more randomly. Like, I'll go down and do, like, three exercises for chest. I got my gym in the, in the downstairs and, and I'll come back up here and work and then I'll go down two hours later and do some triceps. And it's not, there's not always a structure. So I'm working hard, but some days I just do whatever the, the fuck I want, you know, as far as yeah, exercise. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I've always been what some people call a instinctive trainer or inst working out instinctively. You know, if, if I'm working out and my biceps say, hey, screw you, I'm done. You know, you're going to kill me anymore. You're just going to kill me. I'm going to start tearing. So I stop, you know, that's where I'll end it, you know, or um, exercises, you know, I'll work out on what I feel is hitting the muscle. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's, you know, oh, come on, I'm 57. I'm retired from bodybuilding. Yeah. I'm not going to structure it as if I'm com competing for, you know, first place in, uh, you know, some competition, but I'm not going to train as if I'm an amateur either. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to say like, you know, you talk about instinctive training, but I would, I would say, you know, like that's, that's based on, uh, you know, all those years of hard training and, and, um, you know, you, you, what's that? That's that squirting was coffee pot, not me farting. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, but you, I mean, you got after a while, you get in so many years of training that it's easier to train instinctively, right? You know, yeah, it's not yeah, something that know, it's not something a kid can do. Yeah, yeah. Somebody that's just starting out and stuff, you know, they wouldn't be able to handle instinctive training because one, it takes a lot of self-discipline. I mean, a lot. And it's not an excuse to train easy. Nope. Nope. And that's why even as solo, a lot of even uh, advanced lifters can't do it when they train solo because it's too easy to fall into that, you know, where uh, it's too easy to give in. Oh, my, my, my arm's a little sore. I'll just do three sets instead of doing what, you know, six sets like you should do or 12 sets like you, you know, you have, you know, you need to do. So even as a solo experienced lifter, it, it does, it is hard. It does take a mindset. Do you enjoy training solo, Rich? Is that kind of more therapy or if you had your preference, would you train with somebody? Oh, I, I rather train with somebody. Um, I like training. I like working out solo. 
um, because I can get I can get so much done in such a short time. But I do like training with somebody, but it has to be the right person. Right. Like I very much enjoyed training with you. Um, I'd love to have you, you know, have you up here training. Um, and then I had, uh, I think I, I had one training partner. I really miss, um, man, I'd say his name if I could remember it, but he well, used to, what? if I, w- if I wasn't getting done at a lift, if he seen, I wasn't doing the lift to my, to my potential. He'd throw my sweat towel at me, and he'd say, he'd say "Excuse the language. Wipe your pee with this." You know, right? You know, you know what like, I mean by pee. <laughs> um, you know, the, the only like somebody asked me the other day if I've ever had a training partner. I said no. Um, you know, and and they asked why, and it's because I don't want to deal with anybody's bullshit. Like, I don't want to go in and you know talk about problems and work and stuff yeah i want to go in and lift and i think whenever we would go lift it was just kind of a a given you know we didn't talk about uh you know we didn't go in there and start talking about you know what was going on in our personal life we just went in there and and lifted right yeah, we, it, we didn't we didn't talk about the weather until we were walking out to the car Right. I mean, it was, that's, I think that's the reason why we were able to lift together. We would just go in and we had the same focus. Even at the lift thons when it was a little more social, we still pounded it. If it was, you know, when it was our turn and stuff, you know, we didn't BS and stuff like that. We still pounded it. It's not like I went to you and said, Hey Rich, let's not talk about anything while we're lifting. That's just lift. It was like, you know, we could just mesh and, and lift and and you know do our thing, and that was uh, that that was always fun for me. But other people, you know, you got to deal with whether somebody's going to show up on time, yeah, uh, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And um, right, I, I don't want to have to deal with that, you know. Right, right. You, I always knew, like, I always wanted to train with somebody that was going to train harder than me. And and I always knew no matter what guns I brought to the fight, Rich Knapp was going to bring bigger ones. Well, you know, at the time that we were training together, we had two different goals, if per goals and training styles, but it meshed so well um, because I was generally on off-season when we trained, uh, as they call it. And you were a power lifter. Now I was a bodybuilder. We had a little bit different training styles, but yet we had the same goals to be the best. So we fed off each other and it worked so great. It was unbelievable. Do you uh do you ever get a chance to get out and train, or do you have any interest in getting out and training at commercial gyms, or do you try to avoid those? Well, occasionally. I get that little itch to go to a commercial gym and I get, I like to kind of shock people like I used to do with my one arm pull-ups. Um, but I really like to shock people where like, I'll get these young bucks where they come up and they're book smart and 
they'll be like, they'll want to tell you how to do it. And after I let them guys blow off their steam and everything, you know, I'll be like, well, how long you been doing this? Oh, I've been doing it for like four years. Oh, let's see. I've been lifting since uh, mid eighties. Oh, I just, I earned my pro card in uh, early two thousands and right. getting them to just shut up. You know, it's like, I like, I kind of like, you know, shocking them like that, you know? So I well, kind of I... missed the gym once in a while that way. And I missed free weights, but uh, yeah, it, uh, I'm kind of stuck with where I'm working out at home because I can't drive. Yeah, I got you. Well, uh, with my equipment company, hopefully that'll take off and we can um, we can get you some jammer arms and some things to get you a little bit of variation. That would be awesome. I mean, it's it, like, the, the I look at your stuff, to... and I know the difference between quality stuff and junk. And seeing your stuff, it's like I drool. <laughs> Because Man, I, I, know I haven't even <laughs> like I've been talking about it for so long, and I just can't wait uh, wait to get my hands on it and and use it because I've just been using crap at the home gym for so long. Yeah, I mean I got a nice system, but it's a cable <laughs> system, and on this is what sucks about a cable system. No matter how hard I work, you know people really don't take you serious when you have a cable system versus free weights, but. There is a nostalgic feel to using free weights versus a cable system. Right. And I'm think, I'm seriously thinking that my shoulder issues right now where I can't really push super heavy, I seriously think it's because of using that cable system because I'm not working my stabilizers like I would with free weights. Right. Yeah, well, man, I've had uh, – I've. Over the pandemic, I slowly picked up more and more machines just to kind of flesh out my options because you get kind of boredom after a while. Yeah. And um, well, machines are nice if you want to do things like supersets or jumbo sets. Yeah, and uh, you get kind of tired of changing out plates on dumbbells and barbells after a while. It feels like half the workout. Yeah. Well, Rich, uh, I appreciate you joining me. We're about 45 minutes in. I'm going to hop off before the wife gets home. Um, you're welcome yeah, to hop on anytime you want to BS and, uh, you know, um, talk about the good old days. I'd always love to have you on. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get together with you sometime if you ever get to back to Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, I just got the system down there, but I'd still like to get on there with you and, or maybe even hop to a commercial gym somewhere here. But, yeah, uh, we'll be back. I mean, we uh, we didn't travel at all really during the pandemic, you know, for obvious reasons. Right, um, but right, right. we're going to be headed back this year. So when we do, uh, I'm still in touch with Gasp, a uh, good old friend of ours. And uh, I'm going to make my way up there and try to train with everybody just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I miss them days. <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to let you go. You have a good rest of the day. All righty. Yeah, I already got my uh, back trashed, so now let's recover. All, <laughs> All right. right, Steve. You have Thanks a good one. You too. Great Bye talking now. with you. All right. Bye. It's not almost over. It's not almost over. You're not almost there. You're not almost there. You're not almost there.